Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. We uh, go to the Roman guest line. Ken Barkley, you better you bet. Want to talk about Calgary? Ken, the college football playoff rankings have just been announced. You got Georgia number one, no big surprise. Bama's number two, Ohio State three. Uh, or I'm sorry, Oregon three, Ohio State four, Cincinnati five, Michigan six. Uh, your thoughts on the rankings? Yeah, it's uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be on. Your your producer called me right as they were revealing five and six, and I was like, would they ever switch Michigan and Michigan State after everyone complained? And they they didn't they didn't they kept everything the same because it's the easy thing to do. And uh, and you mean these rankings, you know, obviously don't matter. The ones at the end matter. Uh, first reaction is, you know, everything kind of stood pat, and that's really bad for Cincinnati, basically like Oklahoma loses. And that's one thing that they needed to happen. And now they need about seven more things to happen. And we're just running out of weeks for those things to take place. So Cincinnati's really got to kind of thread the needle here with a specific series of results. First of all, they have to win, right? So they got to play SMU and then they got to play Houston. And those are going to be two really tough games. Could easily see Cincinnati losing one of those two games. Houston is ranked in the rankings this week. I think they're 24th, something like that, or they're at least from 20 to 25. So Cincinnati's got a little bit of a tougher road than they've had recently, but also, like you need a ton of stuff to happen. Like Bedlam now matters, but for the opposite side, right? Oklahoma State can actually get in the playoff. Um, they're ranked in the top ten. They can easily, if they went out, they're a one-loss conference champion. They're going to jump Cincinnati. Oklahoma drops because they lose to Baylor. Oklahoma is not dead to make. Like if Oklahoma is twelve and one and they are a conference champion, and oh by the way, they will probably have avenged their loss to Baylor by playing them in the Big Twelve title game and winning, and that will be the narrative around Oklahoma. Like, they're going to make it, and Cincinnati's not going to make it. It starts to get really interesting, and if all those teams lose and Oregon loses to Utah and all those things happen, you still have a kind of an interesting quandary develop where right. if, Wake, if Wake Forest wins the ACC and has one loss and they are a power conference champion that has one loss and Cincinnati is undefeated, is the committee going to shun a one-loss conference champion, which they have basically never done before, if, if the other option is a group of five team, and actually not put Wake in if that happens? So, like, even if the Armageddon scenario happens and, like, Wake's the team left standing that has right. to actually, like, could go in instead of Cincinnati, I'm not convinced Cincinnati gets in even when that happens. So there's a way it can happen. Cincinnati could be in the playoff, which I think would be kind of fun. But, like, think of all the things that have to happen. I think, obviously, this week's rankings just further emphasize that point. Yeah. I can't wait to watch that Utah-Oregon game, obviously. But, Ken, what would what would the number be um, on a neutral field? Because we're talking about Cincinnati being left out here against Oregon and Ohio State. Would they be favored against Ohio State and Oregon on a neutral? That's what I just don't understand about the rankings. Now, this gets into, like, you know, we're talking as betters and, you know, pro betters rather than uh, what the committee is looking at. And, you know, we know the committee doesn't even watch these games. But what would the number be on a neutral against those two? So you're going to we're going to the volume will be a little messed up. You're going to hear me typing because I will literally yeah. run the projection Thank right you. now with my numbers to see what we get. So uh, if we assume neutral field, um, Cincinnati and Oregon, I would have Oregon a very small favorite in the game. Something like Oregon by three would okay. probably be my number. Um, Ohio State, I think the number would be bigger. It would be uh, Ohio State would be like six for me against Cincinnati in that game, if you really want to get wacky and be like, if Cincinnati makes it and they're the four, then obviously they're going to play the best team in the country, which is Georgia. Uh, there have been look-aheads on this game that actually blew my mind. I think there are look-aheads that have this at like 10 and a half, wow. which is actually very similar to when the teams played whatever that New Year's like game was last year. I forget it was like the Peach Bowl or whatever they played it or whatever. Um, it's pretty similar to that number. My number would be Georgia by 13 and a half. So to give you kind of some frame of reference, uh, Cincinnati would not be favored 
against any current member of the college football playoff. That includes Alabama, obviously, as well. If they played like Michigan State, obviously Wake or like a team like that, then they would definitely be favored in the game. But yeah, against like the heavy hitters, um, they're, I think they're almost a certainty to be a dog to all of them. Ken, I'm talking as an Oregon Duck fan here, uh, and I need... Well, hi, Oregon Duck fan. How you doing? <laughs> quack, quack. Yeah. Quack, quack. I have been, ever since we beat Ohio State, I've been thinking about ways that we could potentially go to Indianapolis. Uh, and then, of course, we exposed ourselves as being a fraud, so I thought that that chance was out the window, which it looks like now is very firmly in play again. Uh, do you see a scenario, and if so, what, that Oregon could actually make it to the national title game and get the uh, the ability to play and get trounced by Georgia, and if so, against <laughs> against who? Uh, well, I think you know obviously the the plan of attack for any team that's not Georgia is to be in the other semifinal right. that isn't Georgia's, right? That's like the goal. And what'll be really interesting is if Oregon and so first of all, Oregon's extremely alive to make the playoff. Uh, if they win all their games the rest of the year, they're 100% in. Right. So I'll say that again. Like if they win it, if they win out, they are in. Like that's, it's over. It's already over. If they lose once, I would say it is slim to none that they make it. Like that's the margin of error that we're talking about here because you have Cincinnati lurking and all of the other teams that I talked about that would probably go in over a two-loss Oregon even if they won the Pac-12 title. But Oregon's very live. They're in the driver's seat to win all their games. Now they're a dog to Utah, which is pretty wild for people to see. They're a three-point underdog this weekend. Um, So they have to win that. They probably have to beat Utah again. So it's tough, but absolutely they have a pass in front of them. Um, I think the interesting – actually the most interesting thing about what you said is the trounced by Georgia thing. And I, I mean, I'm curious, I mean, you know, what you guys think of this too. There's still a part of me that's like, if this was Alabama that was having this kind of a season and being in this, which we've seen so many times before, um, I wouldn't be thinking this if it was Clemson, but like Trevor Lawrence or something like that. If it was LSU the year that they were one of the best teams in college football history, wouldn't be asking this question. But like, if Georgia's in a big spot in the title game and they're favored against any of the teams that we're talking about, isn't there a part of you that's like, this is Georgia. Like Doing this is Georgia the team that things. always yeah. chokes in a big spot. Yeah. The, there is Stetson Bennett, the quarterback of a championship winning. Like, is that really what's, and it's not that the answer has to be no. It's just that I'm a little more reluctant to give Georgia that like monster push that I would give a team like LSU with Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence Clemson or any Alabama team that we had seen do it before. There's still a part of me that's like, how does any of those teams make the title game against Georgia and it's like a touchdown or it's a six-point spread or something like that? I feel like I'm going to be on the dog in like every single one of those games. I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I think I'm very out on Anthony Brown and C.J. Verdell being out for the year makes me nervous. And, you know, that, that – and obviously we have a great defense, but sometimes they make a lot of mental errors. So, yeah, that definitely – that definitely makes me nervous. Uh, one one kind of quick question around, you said two losses that Oregon would be slim to none. Do you think that a two-loss Alabama could still get in? I think that is the only team that could have two losses where it would even be a discussion. I think it would be the right way to put it because, like, Cincinnati is the safety net. Cincinnati's like, a team has two losses, they'll just put in Cincinnati if they have no other choice. And it's obviously a lot of teams have to lose for that to even be part of the debate. Um, so my opinion is that I – if, if things kind of stay the way they are, Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC title game. The look ahead on that is Georgia by three for anybody who's curious and a lot of the major markets that are open. Uh, and Alabama loses that game to have their to be their second loss. My opinion is that they would not make the playoff in most 
you know, kind of permutations with most teams winning out, having legitimate conference champions from these conferences. I don't think Alabama would make it. I think it would be an interesting discussion. It's possible that they would, but I think it sets a really bad precedent yeah. about like what the regular season means that Alabama basically doesn't have to beat anyone and they get to lose to the two toughest teams on their schedule and they get to make it anyway because they came into the year with a lot of hype, right? Like they didn't actually prove it through any of their results on the field, like narrowly beating LSU, probably like their best win so far. And obviously they'll get a chance to play Auburn as well. And that can matter too. Um, it just, you know, if you don't have any resume defining wins, but you're Alabama, does that mean you just get in anyway? Like, I think that would upset enough of the apple cart that I don't think it would happen. We haven't seen it happen before. So I, I don't think Alabama would make it if they lost. I think if everybody loses a bunch down the stretch, maybe there's a way they do, but I think the most likely scenario is that they have to be George to make the playoff. Ken, uh, I heard you were joining us on the show, and I didn't get much sleep last night because I was tossing and turning to ask you about this NFL game that I've circled three times, literally three times, in my notes. The Dallas Cowboys this week are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs team that, of course, they beat the brakes off the, the Las Vegas Raiders, and I kind of understand that hi the hype is all over the Chiefs now that they've finally done something that they haven't done all season, which has shown how potent they can be on offense. But what do you feel about that line? Because right now, if I'm getting the Dallas Cowboys, who have been one of the most consistent teams in the NFL, except for that one trap game against the uh, Denver uh, – I was about to say the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Broncos and Teddy Two Gloves – like they they have shown that they can cover this number, especially as dogs. I don't I don't trust the Chiefs right now. Am I stupid for not trusting the Chiefs? Or are you going to tell me you know what, Quinn? You are stupid. And you should probably jump on the Chiefs right now to cover his two and a half point favorites. <laughs> I feel like I feel like both my options there. My the answers are potentially disastrous. Don't, like, well, yeah, don't, don't, don't answer wrong. Days. I have a lot. Oh, yeah. I have a lot on this answer, Ken. Please. I had a bad week last week. I need some good news. <laughs> So is it, is it like a monster trap and I didn't sleep last night? Or am I an idiot? Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'll see you guys next week. Okay, like, red, pill, um, <laughs> red pill or blue pill, Ken? Red pill or blue right, pill? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The, <laughs> the idea of the Chiefs is like a favorite in this game. Like, I don't, I'm not surprised that they're a little under a field goal favorite. Um, my philosophy on this game is basically if the Chiefs get to three, I'm immediately betting Dallas. So in a way, I agree with you. Like, I, I don't think the difference between these teams is that large. For people who are like, well, the Chiefs are riding the ship, like they're getting back on the right track. Um, I, you know, obviously one performance against the Raiders does not a comeback make. Like they kind of, you know, probably have to put together some more sound defensive performances against teams that are not the Las Vegas Raiders. It's also really funny how turnovers in one game can make teams look so much better or so much worse than they actually are. Right. Like the Chiefs finally get turnovers in their favorite game. They win by a million. The Rams, meanwhile, last night turned the ball over and the week before. Now everyone's not sure they're very good or that Matthew Stafford's very good. Sometimes it's just lucky plays, like fluke turnovers, but they can make a team look so good or so bad. So I'm kind of with you in the game. My number in the game is basically a pick or Kansas City by one. Um, I'm not surprised that the Chiefs are favored because they get so much credit in the market. But if they did get bet to the point that this got to three, uh, I'm totally with you. I think Dallas plus three would be a really good bet. Can also want to see uh, or hear rather what you what you're looking at in this game between the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. The Vikings are like one of the most frustrating teams to ever back or fade because they always make it too interesting all the way up until the end. But this week they're two and a half point dogs against, of course, Ryan Horvath's Green Bay Packers, who he said to us <laughs> a billion times that he's a Packers yeah. fan. They're going to win the Super Bowl, and uh, he's never seen a loss that uh, on the schedule apparently. But they're two and a half point dogs, and uh, the Vikings team is so tricky. Like they're, they're a roller coaster. What does your model say about this game, and, and what are you leaning? Because right now I'm literally in the middle, like so much so that it might be a stay away from me because I had to just watch Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers, and I might actually throw up. 
I feel like Ryan has his finger on like the kill switch right now. Where if I say like Vikings for the mortgage, it's like click, and then I'm never on the show. No, no, no I, don't know, I don't know, Ken. If there's a three there, I'm, I might have to. Uh, I might have to go against my team. He literally just sat back down. As soon as he started talking Packers, he's like, "Oh, it's If that gets the three, I might be uh, jumping on the Kirk Cousins uh, Express. No, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know if that's a uh, that's a great train or flight you want to be <laughs> yeah, on the no. Kirk Cousins Express, but I think with. With this game, I think the line's pretty good. So my projection's Green Bay by three. It's pretty close to the market. Like, I'm not super interested in betting the side for the game. But you mentioned something really interesting, actually, Quinn, as part of that question, which is your analysis of what Minnesota is, right? This team that it's like a cardiac game that they play every single week, like crazy wins, crazy losses. This team's like that. Um, there are a couple others that I would throw in the mix there, like uh, early in the season, Denver played like a lot of games like yeah. that. The Chargers play a lot of games like that for yeah. sure. Um, there are certain teams that tend to behave this way, like a lot of close wins and close losses. The best approach with those teams historically, so this was the Anthony Lynn Chargers last year, is teasing. So mm-hmm. actually like teasing the Vikings through three and seven, basically you just need them to play a touchdown game or less. That's like all you need to happen. Oh, by the way, that's every game they played basically yeah. the entire season is within a touchdown. Yep. So maybe that's a better way to play the game than try to kind of hem and haw about a number that might be pretty good. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck this week. Uh, really quick, we only got 30 seconds. You playing anything in Thursday Night Football? Uh, yeah, I love Atlanta and wait as long as humanly possible because no one wants to play them because Cordero Patterson's probably not going to play. If you get more than a touchdown, it's, I think, a great bet. So seven and a half you're looking for? Yeah, seven would be a bet for me too. But you just like just if you like Atlanta, wait as long as possible. No one wants Atlanta. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Have a good night. Thank See you, you next week, Ken. Ken Thanks, Barkley, guys. that was him on the Roman Guest Line. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Damn it. I really don't want to have to play Atlanta in that game, but I kind of agree. They're at home. Patriots looked really good. Seven, Atlanta looked really bad, which means Atlanta's going to for sure cover. <laughs> Seven and a half seems a lot. Yeah. Are, are, is Six and ever, a half right are, now. Are we ever going to bet a favorite? Well, I, I don't know. know. I, Matt, did, I did bet the Chiefs on primetime. I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to play as bad as a game this week as he did last exactly. week. Exactly. And that's the thing. He's been, uh, if you're being completely, he's been very consistent um, after maybe the first three weeks of the season. Once he discovered that Kyle Pitts is a part of the offense, um, they have never been the same. And especially with Cordell Patterson coming back out and uh, literally rewriting his own history books as one of the top options offensively across the board through all 32 teams in the in the league. If he does not play, I'm a little nervous because he yeah. pro- at, at some t- at some points in the game, Cordell Patterson looks like the only player that wants to play football. I get, exactly, Falcons. and that's it does a lot for that team, especially takes the pressure off of Matt Ryan to do anything close to what he did. Was he say doing Cordell Patterson might not play. Yeah, oh, he got hurt last got week. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. Which destroyed my props. Um, so I'm I was curious. looking at Pitts now. I'm looking at Pitts now, but the props aren't released. Yeah. All they have is all they have is touchdown. I was gonna say, man, if we could get yards around like 60, 60 and a half right now, uh, 65 and a half, I'd play those. I'm playing the over on Cal Pitts. Absolutely, yeah. me too. In a prime time spot. Well, I'm not. I'm not playing it completely. Not officially. It, I'm not officially playing because I don't bet anymore. Newsflash. He's I got breaking news for you guys. He's on a break.